I'm Jenny Galuzzo, co-founder of The Second Shift. Welcome to our podcast where we talk all things women, work, and well-being, how they intersect, our competing forces, and how to create and maintain personal and professional alignment in your life. Let's do this. You may not know the name Catherine McCord, but you definitely know Wheelicious. Catherine is Wheelicious, which is a brand that she started years ago. I think it started as an Instagram brand, and it has grown out of that into a platform which comprises four cookbooks. And she's also an entrepreneur. She's created a company called One Potato, which has meal delivery kits. Her latest cookbook is called Meal Prep Magic. And taking off on Wheelicious, which if you know anything about it, it started and it was like this Instagram account where she was creating the most beautiful and creative lunches for her children. They sparked so much aspiration and also insecurity in me because I have no ability to make any of those things. But her newest book, Meal Prep Magic, is along those lines, how to optimize time-saving tips for stress-free cooking and how to like organize your kitchen, all things that I would love to do. But you know, that's for a different episode. In this interview, get to catch up with Catherine, who I have not seen her face since before the pandemic. She is a friend and I get to hear about her journey into entrepreneurialism, how she survived the pandemic with all of those things on her plate, as well as three children at home. And I think that her story is really a cool lesson in how to take an idea and create an entire content and platform around it and survive and build it into a really big business. So enjoy Catherine. She's a treat. And so is this episode. So I'm so happy to see you. I feel like it has been many years because it has. And we went through a period where I like got to see you when you were in New York and we were traveling and it was in LA more often. And I was always happy to see you and hear what you were doing. You are so smiley and I don't know, you seem to be able to handle and do it all. So I feel like you're like this inspiration. Juggling. That's what we do, right? Don't we just juggle until the balls fall? Everything's falling, so it's okay. I'm just letting it fall right now. So here's my question for you, Wheelicious, the paragon of motherhood and lunchmaking and all things healthy and good. Are you in this moment when life is stressful and we have like all kids going in all directions, do you still make the lunches and the breakfast and put in the effort? Or do you let the balls drop on those kinds of things where, you know, even though it's the goal, it's not necessarily the reality? Well, I mean, I always say like, you know, when you have children, I don't think that anyone realizes that you're going to be having to make 21 meals plus snacks per child for 18 years. This is not like, I feel like people need like a full breakdown of how their lives are going to change and the, all the jobs they're going to have to do. So that is one that like kind of still, no, I made some lunches today. I made a bunch of breakfasts and there will be dinner too. I know. But then I'm like sitting here stressing out because next week my kids are going to basketball camp 
And I'm like, oh, they have to send a lunch. That is so much, that's so much pressure. Like, and you, I know you created a, an entire system to help people like me who feel like it is so much pressure to help us not be overwhelmed and not feel burdened by the lunches and the breakfasts and all of the things. Cause I'm like, they don't eat anything anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, that's actually, I think knowing your child also helps like for the ones that don't eat or the ones that are vegetarian or the picky eater or that, you know, whatever they are knowing how to feed them, when to feed them and to be okay when they are going to skip a meal and, you know, and being okay with that. Okay. In my intro, I said, when we first met, I remember like, I think we have kids around the same ages. So when I had my first son, you had started Weelicious and it was one of the first, I think, brands to come out in the food and parenting space when Instagram really launched and took off. And it was around the same time as I had this baby that I was trying to feed. And it was like, I remember like the metal lunch boxes and you had the sushi sa- like sandwiches. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. This woman, how is she making this food? And I followed it. And I know myself well enough to know that I don't have the skill set or the bandwidth to do that. But aspirationally, I just followed you because I was like, I just want to bask in the glow of what she is able to do, (laughs) how she does this. But isn't that why we love social media? Because the things that we don't feel like we can do, we can just like aspirationally watch others do it and be like, Okay, my bucket's full. I, that, yeah, that's and I, I was okay with the idea that I wasn't going to be able to pull it off. I definitely bought the metal lunch boxes. Oh, good. I, I, I bought them, and I, then I would be like, "What? What am I supposed to? What I am I doing say, with this I, thing?" I made two lunches today for my daughter. Uh, I did them, you know, bento boxes, so that you can open them up and see all of your choices. I mean, it's funny that like so much of like the Weelicious philosophy has not changed over the years. I mean, some things have and developed, but like that's one that you know the lunches, just like the simplicity of it, the principles of you know fruit, vegetable, protein, carbohydrate, offering balance, making it easy for kids. Like that, that stuff has like stayed the same and. Even having a 16, 14, and seven-year-old, it's still like living that each and every day and trying to give them like balanced meals. So you have a new book and it's Meal Prep Magic, which I think is such a great idea because it's about getting all of the stress and all of the blocks and time-saving tips and just like really being organized about the meals that you're making, which is a huge part of it because that's like the piece of it that can be like the first burden. The cooking of it's probably not that bad. It's just the first part of like, oh, I have to get the food. I have to organize everything. Well, that's, you know, I created an acronym and it only developed while I was writing the book, which is POPE, which is purge. So get everything out of your kitchen because you have way too much clutter in there. And then O for organization. So you're going to organize it and make it look, you know, lazy Susan's, lots of systems, making it just easy to see your food. And then to prep, which is the meal prep and E is execute, which is to actually cook the recipes. But if you have this system, you become a better cook when you are more organized in your kitchen when things are at the ready and you have less of that clutter, which just like jams you up, you know, when you're trying to make several meals a day. I think it's a, such a smart idea. And this is your fourth book. Yeah. That's insane, <laughs> Catherine. Well, how you know, do you do this? I, I mean, it's, I, you know, have, I have, I don't have one book. 
You have four. <laughs> and you're an entrepreneur, which we can talk about later because I want to hear how one potato is going. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say that, you know, I love writing books. I love the process. And it also becomes this thing, like even Meal Prep Magic, which is the fourth cookbook, came during the pandemic when I was at home and I was like really like cooking 21 meals a week because we weren't ordering in or, you know, and I needed a real deep system for how to make meals just continually, how to make them interesting, how to make them easy, how to have less food waste, which is a big thing, you know, in our family. And especially as you see like food costs going up and, you know, you, whether you're going out, whether you're cooking, you have to be conscious of that, especially if your family is on a budget. Yeah. The food waste, especially with kids, it's like you buy everything and then they just don't eat one thing and you thought they were going to. And it's really, and I find myself like sounding like my mom. <laughs> well, who used to I yell think- at me for like not finishing a yogurt. And now I'm like, there's empty cans everywhere. What are you doing? No, but it's not even all of that. It's like, I think that a lot of people don't, you know, you buy fresh berries and you don't know how to store them properly and they get moldy after three days. And you're like, I don't want to spend money if I don't actually know how to store food, how to store your fruits and vegetables, how to utilize all of your pantry staples. So the book really takes you through all of that. Um, and hopefully, you know, for buying the book, you're like all of the money with all the hot tips and tricks that you'll save down the road. I'm really into the organization of the cabinets that you put into. Cause like just looking at a pretty kitchen, when you talk about like things that you could just watch forever, like just looking at somebody else's organized refrigerator makes me happy. Oh, it fills my bucket entirely. Do you ever go to people's houses and open their cabinets just to see how they organize their cabinets in their refrigerator? Absolutely. I am not in the bathroom looking in the medicine cabinet. I'm the one who goes right into the refrigerator and pantry. I'm like, we can just, let me just five minutes. I'm just going to redo all of this. I love that. So me too. When I go to somebody's new house, I'm like, just show me like your laundry room. (laughs) (laughs) It feels very stalkery, but at the same time, you're like, hopefully giving a few like new ideas and it is when it's like, I love refrigerator porn more than anything. Like (sighs) it's just, it's the most soothing thing. I mean, the first line of the book is every time I open my refrigerator, it reminds me of how messed up my life is. And that is, you know what I mean? You open it, it's like, it's cluttered. You feel cluttered. It's empty. You feel like crap. You you know, so it's nice to have, you know, a refrigerator, you're opening it all day long. So when it's organized, it's just like a calming Zen feeling that actually makes you want to cook at home. And when you do open it and you have all the things together, you're like, I'm really killing it. You're doing a great job. What do you do when you get the like, there's no food in this house, which I'm sure you must having teenagers because it doesn't matter how much food you actually have. It's just not the food they want to eat. No, it's so funny. Like, I think we really don't ever get that. I don't think I get that. It's more like, what am I going to eat? I mean, during the pandemic, I made each of my older kids learn how to make like eight things each. So, you know, I mean, it's gotten to the point when they're hungry or like if we're going out at night for something, I'll be like, you guys can cook. And they're like, okay. So, I mean, it's very rare that any family has nothing to eat. You know what I mean? Like, not. There's always something to eat. There's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. If you, you know, at the the end. Yes. There's always something. So it's like learning how, and this is even in the recipes, there's a hundred recipes in the book and they're broken down by like 
beans, tofu, nut butters, chicken, instead of like breakfast, lunch, dinner. So if you have an ingredient, there are a bunch of recipes in the book that- Ooh, that's clever. Like those specific ingredients. That's very clever. I really like that. So you taught your kids. I was going to ask, how do you all survive in the pandemic with the cooking and you're you're running multiple businesses and so much of it is content based. And I, I did watch you, so I know you know you included your family and this the journey that you went on. And it was actually I think great because so much of your content is video. Yeah, and it was very relatable. Yeah. Well, video, at least it like brings it to life. And it's like, I like as much as possible storytelling, because I think that's also very relatable for parents. And even my kids, like, you know, I was like, well, what do you want to eat? Like, if you're hungry, let's learn how to make this. And so even the most basic things like frittatas or quesadillas, or, you know, like, I mean, they, they make all kinds of things now. They'll just like dive in like pasta dishes, things that like are real simple. But then it, what it does is like they end up becoming so much more creative because they'll be like, what's this? And I'm like, well, let's taste it. How could we add it in? And they get, they were always open-minded, but now they're open-minded and kind of want to like keep building on the dishes that they've perfected. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. And tell people your kids are, I remember- there's a story behind all their names, right? Oh, I love that. Well, Kenya, Kenya's named after his uncle. I mean, all of my kids have five letters. I don't even know. They, you know what I mean? I, naming children is like the hardest thing and we name them. And then half of the time, we don't even call them what we originally named them. We call them like nicknames or abbreviations for their names or initials. I feel like you've made like such an impact. You also, I remember told me years ago that you made it a habit to have, I don't, this was pre-pandemic, everything went out the window, but made it a habit to like, try to have lunch with somebody you didn't know fairly often. I still do. You do. Tell that piece of your, I think it's brilliant, this idea. And I tried doing it. I don't know. People in New York are not as receptive. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you you know, I think that we're, we're in similar, like we're both big female founder advocates. And I think that a lot of women, especially I think a lot of women come into their own in their like 40s and 50s, like spend a lot of their kind of 30s, early 40s, like being mothers. And like, for me, I always want to, I either have lunch and now it's like sort of transformed itself into hiking because I can exercise and I can hang out with a woman, you know, that I really like for an hour to two hours. So I'm doing it today. I'm doing it this afternoon. Um, But I try several days a week to hike lunch. It's becoming a lot of hiking with a different woman, a lot of female founders, or just a a woman who I know who is trying to kind of find her way and wants to talk it out. And will you reach out to people that you don't know that you just think are interesting? Somebody you want to get to know more? Mm -hmm. How is that received? I think that we all inherently want to be liked. I think we all inherently want to lift each other up and support each other. And for someone to kind of reach out and say, Hey, I like you. I like your vibe. Or I, you know, there's something interesting, right? Whatever it is, would you ever want to go out for breakfast, lunch, a hike, play tennis, whatever it is. I think that a lot of people are like, sure, why not? Because, you know, the more and more, and especially after the pandemic, we are also insular. We're in our homes, we're in our apartments and not getting out. So it's nice to have someone, especially outside of maybe your mom group, because I think a lot of us like follow, you know, our children's mother or parents. So it's nice to just say to someone, Hey, do you want to hang out for an hour? I think it was such a good idea. 
pre-pandemic, I was trying to do that because I thought that there were all these women I knew in this space, right? There were like women founders or people who like we had kind of like ancillary lives or careers. And I was like, this person seems interesting. I just want to get to know them better. And I remember like having one or two lunches with people, but people here are much more wary and like busy and they don't get together that way. I don't know if it's because like, it is like my friends who live in LA, like you get together with somebody for a hike and that it's like a no big deal thing. Yeah. I think people take everything very sort of seriously here and it's very hard to schedule anything. Oh, well, I mean that I part, I totally oh. understand, but like I do it first thing in the morning. Usually, I mean, this afternoon sort of a, an un, unusual, but usually I'm like, Hey, do you want to meet up at eight, eight thirty? And usually people are like, Sure. Great. Beginning of the day. And I actually took someone this weekend hiking to the top of highest point in Los Angeles. And I was like, look what we accomplished together. And it just felt really good. It was like the best start of the day. So I don't know. And have you met some really interesting people out of this practice? uh, And like percent, a hundred percent. And do you mentor? Like, are you somebody who likes to mentor younger women or people who are coming up behind us? Yeah. Yeah. I like to, you know, I'll work at, you know, younger stages of people's companies advising. And I, you know, I think that there may be, you know, a a next shift for me, you know, even in that, because I really, really, I think it's very difficult, no matter what you want to do, whenever you're either starting a company, a new job, whatever it is, you're not going to be a hundred percent. You're not going to know a hundred percent. So it's nice to, you know, spend time with other women and help, you know, give information that they might not know. And it's, believe me, it is totally self-serving by the way, because I end up meeting incredible people that I can kind of connect to other people. Like it's, you have to feed the ecosystem. And I think that that's one of the best ways to do it is just spending time together. I agree. I, I, I've gotten to meet a lot of younger women lately cuz i know a lot of the women who are my age group and we and that's great but i love meeting the younger women who are just like not you know drastically different in age but people who are like a little bit younger who are doing things that are interesting that you know that i can have an impact on or i can help in some way um and when we i feel like even just when when we met and you were launching one potato yeah. and i rem- i i want to ask about one potato cuz it was at the time this was like pre-pandemic and you were raising money and getting this off the ground and it's a meal delivery kit for families. Is that like the best business ever when a pandemic hits? Like how did the raising of the money go? What what happened? Because I I remember that and then it like ended and I'm like, oh, it still exists. Yeah. I think that I've learned so much through starting One Potato. It's I've had it for seven years. And I think that's been part of it for me is like, especially what you were saying about younger women, or I even have met women who are starting new companies in their forties and fifties. And, you know, and it's so challenging. Raising money right now is harder than ever. And I'm sort of on the other side of it now. So I feel like I'm always willing and wanting to help women, you know, whether it's, you know, marketing or um, getting their product, you know, into the influencer space or, 
you know, raising money or whatever it is, brand building. So I think that through one potato and growing it and, you know, having the meal delivery part and running operations and product development and, you know, just connecting with families, it's, it's been a gift, but it's also been, it's always challenging, you know, as I think, you know, and you were such an inspiration to so many women, young women who are also trying to get their businesses off the ground. Thank you. I mean, so did it flourish in? Yeah. So in, in the pandemic, how did the pandemic happen? Yes. Yeah, I would think so. Yes, crushing. And we're sort of at a at a point right now where we are national and working with a lot of other brands and working on even individual products now. So sort of some of the more successful products because we make everything homemade. So getting those in, into market. So that right now is much more of the focus. Like the wholesale of different products from the one potato yes, category. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, there are very few family-friendly brands out there. And I think that we're always trying to get it in the family's hands and even supporting other family-friendly brands within the space. You're such a mogul. I'm so excited about this. A titan of the children's and family food world. Thank you. Thank you. It's amazing. Congratulations on that. And you've really been ahead of the curve on so many different things. Even like, if you think about like the influencer world, like you were an influencer before there were influencers. (laughs) I I mean, I, I remember like the beginning of Instagram. I mean, it makes it uh, like dates it, but I've had Weelicious for 14 years. So, you know, I've, been around to get to see it all. So it's fun to see, you know, what's happened and what the next two years, especially, I think that right in front of us, it's going to be a really interesting time. And I, I want to see more and more brands find success because I think it's going to be challenging. So how do we kind of help each other through this time? How do you keep yourself going? Because I know when you're in a long time entrepreneur, it can you know, it's not, they're not always like the world's greatest days. It's hard. It's a slog. You're doing the same thing for 14 years. And does it ever get old and how do you keep it fresh and exciting for you? Yeah. So I would say that there's a few different ways. One is I have a few different groups that I work with that are either in founders, influencer space, and we meet once a month for an hour or two hours. And we just vent and we share and we we like talk about every, you know, data analytics, org charts, like the nerdy stuff, but then just sort of like a few little nuggets coming. You're like, Oh, right. And it gets you like re, you know, like excited again. So I think that that's a big one. You know, I go to plenty of, you know, founder events and I always say to a lot of my female founder friends, text me, text me during the day, just like this sucks. This is so (laughs) hard. And I'll just text people for like five minutes, you know, but that's like, I know that sounds like so like small, but I think that making yourself available makes other people available to you to kind of just vent on those really hard days so that you can celebrate the more, you know, the days when it feels like, wow, I'm just like getting somewhere with a, with a project or, you know, something that I'm passionate about. So, you know, there, you have to accept the ups and downs. And I'm actually for the first time in many, many years, really leaning in, in the coming months into just 
taking a break. You know, I don't think I've gotten to do that in a long time. And so I'm, you know, giving myself permission to kind of lean in a little bit more to like working really hard and then just, you know, like enjoying some more of the things that I really love doing. What's the break you're going to take? What are you going to do on this? I'm going on vacation. I'm going on vacation with my kids. So that's going to be a big one. And we do one-on-one vacations so that you can really like just be with one child and like really connect and just the two of you make decisions about what you're going to do. So I'm going to do that with each of my kids this summer. And then, you know, like I started, I'm trying once a week to do a sport with some friends and, you know, things like that, that you just don't make time for, because I feel like, and you would also know this, it's just so much between having kids and then racing to the office or, you know, home to work. You're just like work, work, work until it's back to the kids. And I think that just trying to make time for passion projects or, you know, self-growth, it's important. It's something that we learned, I think, in the pandemic too, that in some ways you can do as much more effectively in a different type of work. Mm-hmm. And like you can figure out how to make it work for you so that you can do those things. And once you start to make the timeline of your day shift into prioritizing something different, like making the meals, yeah. you know, when you say you don't have time, you don't have time. But once mm-hmm. you've made the time, your life will sort of reprioritize and reorganize around being able to do that. Time is weirdly flexible like that. Yeah. I mean, and I, that's like meal prep magic. The whole point of it is that if you're meal prepping on a Sunday, let's say, and I would say like, put in a podcast you love, obviously this one, but like, obviously, <laughs> obviously, uh, but then like cook and like get into it so that you're like doing something for yourself, but you're doing something for your week and for your family, like it, doing things like that, where it pays off all week long when you're like, oh, I don't have to order in because I have food in my refrigerator because I cooked it on Sunday, you know, or what, whatever it is where it's just like, it's gratifying continually. But, you know, anything that's gratifying, even for the moment, feels good. I'm not sure who was crawling behind you, but I just <laughs> watched a man crawl behind you. I understand. That's, called, that's called working from home. And uh, yes, it is. I've got somebody making snacks next to me. Yay! That's what, it's okay. Like that's, that's what we're doing. And aren't we grateful that the pandemic gave us acceptance of working from home? Absolutely. And I think when, what you were saying before, cooking with your kids, when you're trying to find something to do, I mean, the the fact that you take a vacation with each of your kids is, that is goals. Goals. Like forget the like sushi sandwich in the bento box. Like that's like super mom goals. I think that's such an incredible thing to do. And I, so I really appreciate all the things that you have such intentionality about how you build your business, live your life, put effort into things. It's really like, you're, you're remarkable. It's got to feel good. Isn't it? Like we're all in a slug fest. It just feels it's like life is a lot, especially when you're a parent and you have to find these five minute or big moments to kind of celebrate all of your hard work. And if all of it feels like you're just yelling at your kids to like clean up, that's no fun. But if you can like make a meal together or, you know, take that trip together or meet a friend to do something, those are the wins. Yeah. And I think I'm trying to like, I'm constantly, my husband laughs at me because he's like, you're the quintessential multitasker. Like I'm got to be doing two things or three things at once. But like, I feel like I've sort of mastered that. Like if I can hike, 
and be in a meeting with someone and they become like someone like a friend, like, or something like that. I'm like, this is, I've got, I got a trifecta here. I'm, I'm really winning. So it's yeah. the same thing, you know, cooking with your kid, you got to get the cooking done and it's nice to spend time with your kids. It's nice to spend time with you. I, I hope one day soon we'll get to see each other in person. Cause I always really enjoyed our time together. And like you said, it was like a win, you know, that time where it was like getting to listen to somebody else's amazing story about how they're building their business and learn from you and how you're doing things. Cause every time we've met, I've taken something away to be like, that's a really good idea. That's cool. I'm going to try that. That's why we need each other. That's why. Yeah. It's inspirational. Okay. So meal prep magic, just so everybody knows this is a way to reorganize your life. It's like family friendly, taking out all the fluff and the things that you don't need, time efficiency, less stress for people like me who find the idea of kitchen cooking, buying food, prepping food, scary and stressful. This is how to do it in a non-stress environment. And like, then you can take that time, spend it with your kids, doing something cool, meeting a friend, taking a hike. Any of it, any of it, plus a hundred recipes, a hundred easy Oh, recipes. and the recipes, but your whole website is filled with amazing recipes. You can always go to Wheelicious.com for, I mean, endless, endless recipes. Put in a food you like and recipes immediately pop up for free. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. That's very generous that you offer that to people. Oh, sweet. Thank you. For Thank being. you so much, Catherine. Good to see you. I, I love seeing you and I know that everyone's going to love this interview really super inspirational. You too. Thank you so much for joining the conversation. For more, you can follow along at thesecondshift.com. Please rate, review, subscribe, and help us make work work for you and for all women. 